Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson, TCX Boots Australia, and Moto Products. My guest today is Keely Pritchard. Keely's a custom motorcycle builder from the Northern Rivers in New South Wales. If you have watched the Wide of the Mark documentary, you would have seen Keely feature in it with his 1972 Triumph that he built for the film. Keely's craftsmanship as a fabricator and mechanic are truly outstanding. He once built a supercharged SR400 and was recognised as Pipeburn's Young Gun Motorcycle Builder of the Year. In this show, you'll hear some of the influences that Keely has in his bike builds and just some of the stories like racing on salt flats and everything in between. So we hope you enjoy it and uh, we'll be back with another one real soon. Welcome, Keely Pritchard. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's unreal. It's uh, you've, you've done a bit of a tenure up here at Gasoline Alley for, what's, what's it, a couple of months? Ah, uh, no, six weeks. Is it? Six weeks because yeah. I've been doing one on, one off. Oh, okay, so yeah. it feels like a couple of months because it's been stretched out a bit, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full yeah. Hollywood appearance, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice way to be, isn't it? Yeah, good. <laughs> who, who is Keely Pritchett? So, I um, to sum it up, small town boy, um, and yeah, it's quite a quite a privilege to be here on this, to be honest, mate. Like, the, the people that you've had on here has been incredible. And um, yeah, just to be a small town motorcycle mechanic that had to move out of town just to try and get a job is, yeah, pretty cool. How how like motorcycles come about for you? And thank, thanks for saying that too. Like it's 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 a compliment that's uh, taken hardly because compliments are hard to take sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, how, how did motorcycling come about for you? Um, it's always been a family affair. So my grandfather um, was probably the first one um, to really take up motorcycling back in the day. Um, he used to he grew up in Sydney and used to ride around with a um, 1942 model uh, Waller Harley. Um, so it's an army issue, like um, bike, and um, used to ride around in a sidecar, three of his mates hanging out and doing stupid stuff. And um, then my father later on got into bikes um, from his teenage years, and yeah, really, really started the love for me. Like watching him as a real youngster, um, having bringing XRs home, and um, more so dirt. He was always orientated towards. Um, had a few Harleys now and then, um, not too many road bikes. And then, yeah, put me on a PUE 50 and first day sent it straight into the garden bed. So my nice pink PUE 50. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's a, that's a uh, horrible start, but it's one for pretty much everyone, I think, isn't it? That's it. I think, I think you've got to crash and learn at least once in your life, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One of those things. Now, was it growing up in Sydney at that, at that point or what was the no, deal? No, so I grew up, um, I was born and raised in the Clarence Valley, so not much further south than where you grew up, so... I grew up on a little farm at Harwood Island. Um, probably know it for the bridge and the sugar mill, and that's about it. Um, actually, no, there's a pub, which is one thing to remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up there on a farm, and um, yeah, always tinkering with pushies and pulling everything apart. My dad'd come home and mountain bikes pulled to a million run pieces, and yeah, very tolerant parents, I'd say that. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to have, is yeah, it? Surrounded by motorcycles and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And um, good place to grow up. Awesome place to grow up, really good place to grow up. Um, yeah, definitely gave me a lot of freedom as a youngster. Um, but I'd say with that, it also separated me a bit from like other people. Um, so I was still only 20 minutes away from Yamba, um, but it also gave that little bit of a barrier in between like socialising and stuff as well. Yep. So I think that's, yeah, a lot, a lot of isolation from that as well, which... Um, yeah, it definitely has affected me throughout my my time, like growing up and stuff. Yeah. Is that something like, um, I guess, coming into like a workplace and stuff like that? Um, you you work solo a lot. This is sort of me as well. 
Um, is it hard sometimes to get into work? Like you've got such a positive, friendly attitude. I couldn't think it being hard, but is it sometimes hard to get into a workplace? Definitely. Um, yeah, for myself, I'm very um, – I don't know how to express how I feel. I'm very, very closed off at, like most of the time. Um, wear a brave face and smile and carry on a bit. But, yeah, I find that, um, yeah, coming into a workshop, like as long as everyone's friendly, it's easy. But there's always one person, so. Yeah, yeah. That's all. sometimes two. Yeah, one or <laughs> yep. two. And, and, yeah, like, um, yeah, it just depends. You can always get a cranky old mechanic there that doesn't really want you to, yeah, yeah. improve on things. So Yeah, that, that's a hard thing. And I think uh, when you work by yourself too, you refine yourself your own skills down to a point where if you're in a larger workshop that just doesn't get the chance to do that sometimes and I guess you working alone a lot you find that as well yeah yeah no definitely um yeah no I I think more so coming from a background of just working on absolutely everything yeah um yeah like like that I think that's a massive benefit for any mechanic is not just pinholing like not not pinholing but like pigeonholing yourself for one thing and um yeah, trying to diversify, like, your skill set is a major, major part in being a good mechanic, I guess, yeah. This is the wrong word to use for it, but gifted, because, like, it's not usually a thing that's gifted, it's worked hard for, but you're an incredibly gifted um, person with your hands, like, as a builder, bike builder, but it's not gifted. Yeah, it, you, you I know what I mean? Say, it's worked. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I cringe at the word gifted. Me too. It's, yeah, it's definitely not. It's hard work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like when it, when it comes to like designing stuff, there will be 50 iterations that go through your head before you figure out what you actually want to do. And like 50 designs on the bike, like I'll throw out 10% of what I actually do. Yep. And um, that, that's a perfect part about working for yourself is you don't have that stress of a boss or a manager saying, come on, pick it up, let's go, let's get moving. Yep. Um, you've got you've got a little bit of um, – you can pace yourself and do it all right and get it exactly the way you want it. And, and that's something like uh, – how did you get into building of bikes? Like obviously working in an area like Harwood, you've probably worked on tractors and <laughs> like you've probably done everything. Yeah, pumps. Pumps and, and, and you know, a very diverse area yeah. to work on, you know, with your hands. How, how did – like – Building a bike, like where does that start? Where, where did that all happen? So I didn't start on bikes. Um, I, I, I fell off a peewee and rode dirt bikes up until the age of about 14. Yeah, right. And then rugby got in the way and I didn't really want to hurt myself on a bike. Um, and you then, to play rugby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like look at my build. I'm built for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so I, I was really fortunate. I was really, really fortunate. So I really struggled with bullying um, when I was going through like school with a whole class of about five other people, um, but really struggled with bullying going through school and really had a tough time and, like, was actually, like, really quite depressed as a kid, which is really hard to understand for a lot of people. I don't know how you can think that a kid's depressed, but they can be. Yep. And um, so I had a mentor, I had three mentors, and I used to own the Amber Smash Repairs. Mm-hmm. And um, they all, like, got into hot rods and building bikes and all sorts of stuff, like, throughout their time and on Saturdays and stuff they drag in their own projects and build them and paint them and do all cool stuff and that just blew me away and I was all into overhauling um, chip foose and uh, world biker build off and all that sort of stuff so that was always like had me glued to the TV and that's where it really kicked off so those guys imparted how to sweep a floor properly Um, (laughs) how to sweep a floor properly how to clean up but like doing a lot of wet and dry sanding and 
Um, always wanted to be a spray painter to begin with. Right. Um, and then realised that half of them don't make it past the age of 50 because of the chemicals and the... Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not that great. No. Um, and, yeah, and then got really, like, had a real fascination for welding and fabrication and, um, yeah, did a lot, a lot of time with them. Like, every single Saturday I can remember was done at the shop. Wow. Every school holidays I'd go in there for the full two weeks. Um, and, yeah, huge thanks to them for setting me on the right path and... Yeah. So did that, um, like, did it keep you busy from the bullying? I it guess, did. like, when you're saying that, yeah, you're, yeah. you're outside of that, you, you're amongst a different community. Did that help there? It, it it gives you something to look forward to, like, to get you through. Yep. To get you through the tough stuff. And um, I think that's where <laughs> it's probably a good and a bad thing now, but I just fixate on anything that I'm working on or a project or what's coming in, my workload, it's just solely fixed on that. Yep. And I don't allow all the other stuff to come back in and just put the blinders on and go. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. I think work, work and uh, it, it does that, hey? Like if you can just, I don't know, just block, just work. Yeah. You, you lose every, uh, uh, like chink in the armors. you mm. know, like it's like I'm just going to work through this or, you know, um, I think writing for some people as well is the same yep. deal. Um, combining too, awesome. But yeah, it's one of those things you sort of not hide away from it, but you can just really just not push through everything, but you really can, eh? Like, yeah, you, know, you can. And you can you switch know, off like, everything. Yeah, yep. exactly. You're only like, for me, like working with my hands, I'm focusing on trying to get that bolt in without yep. trying to graze my knuckles. Pretty like much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's that little bit that you can just see and then that you're thinking about the next step and the next step you're just blocking out the rest. So. Yeah, and bring it back to the simplest form. Like yeah. Me- mechanics is like it's an incredibly smart thing but the basic principles of it is quite quite simple. Oh. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> highly intelligent, especially the further that we get with materials and, um, you know, lubricants and stuff now, um, it's getting – very, very difficult and very, very scientific. But the basics of you go back to working on one of those pumps that you used to do, mm. you do it with your eyes shut now. Yeah, yeah. Like go, like for me, working with carburetors, you can do it with your eyes shut. Yeah. Going and doing full race forks is just, yeah, calculating numbers and like return Science. rates. And, yeah, exactly. Yep. So that like I definitely see like that sort of side of things with mechanical is just, yeah, very switched on. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting field. With the Yamba um, paint panel, was it? They're a traditional paint and panel shop. Like, it's moved away from that a little bit. So they're one of the ones weld, seam things up. Like. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, when I was working there, they still had a lot of really young, uh, sorry, not young, uh, a lot of really old fellas, like old heads in the yep. business, um, and guys that are like all mad keen hot rodders. So yep. proper, proper roof chops and like all like. Paddle led properly, like done right, and um, like not much bondo. So yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, my smash repair. I can't speak highly enough of them. Um, I also did a lot of work with um, a guy called Grant Kavanagh. Um, so years, so through school eleven and twelve, I'd work there. I think one day a week um, as a school based thing. I know that name. Yeah, um, he was a guy from Inverell and um, came down to Yamba way back when, but he, he'd have guys come up from Sydney and stuff to do roof chops back in the day. Wow. And, um, yeah, that was that was really more so where, like, the real hardcore fabrication stuff come in. Like the, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, chopping out all the rust and all that sort of stuff, yeah, making up new panels and, yeah. Were you good at it? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah? That's all right <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, look, um Always improving. I've got a long way to go. By no means can I shape up a Porsche body. Yep. Um, but it's definitely one skill that I've always managed to kind of 
Yeah, it, like for so the basics of shaping metal is as highs and lows. It's all you got to think about: stretching and shrinking, highs right. and lows. And um, yeah, if you can take that in on board, it's the same as working on a carburetor. You just work with the basics. It sounds so simple, but it's so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> practice. Practice, yeah. Practice. It's, yeah, many, many, many hours. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things like you, you go to um, – it's one of the first things you do in like shop A, shop B, you know, grade 8 to grade 10. You yeah. know, try and shape sheet metal and shape metal and make things out of it. And it was it was beyond me. Like yeah. I just couldn't couldn't fathom it. And it uh, – you mentioned chip foos. Yep. You look at overhaul, and I still got the box set. Actually, yes, same here. Every um, season, awesome show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just respected it so much because it, was, it, it just seemed unfathomable. Mm. You know, it was like going to try and win a MotoGP World Championship. It's just like how how does somebody do it? But that, that's a perfect example because the MotoGP rider that did that mm. put the same, if not more, hours in on riding a bike. It's and work. training, and yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, do you think? And, and I've had this conversation with a few friends over the years. If you put the hours into something, you'll just – even if you're not talented at it, do you think it'll come? Yes. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the, the conversation we had was about you know, uh, MotoGP or some, something related was about bikes. Yeah. He's not a bike fan, but he goes, if you just put in – you went out and did 10,000 laps, you mightn't get to Mark Marquez's pace, but you'll get within – you know, if you have the budget, yeah, yeah, you have exactly. the machinery, yeah. if you yep. just keep putting in laps and keep working away, you'll get to a point. I'm like – I don't know, but yeah, it's just time, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And having that determination to do that task. Yep. If you didn't want to do that task, you'd still be at the back of the grid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think that's a big part to it. Yeah. Did you ever have a go at the paint? Um, yeah, yeah. I used to do pinstriping and airbrushing yep. and painting skulls on all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So like sheet metal and fab is an artistic pursuit, isn't it, as much as it's a like industrial mechanical pursuit? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you an artistic person? Um, I even tried to go to uni for art. Did you? Yeah, I know, I know. And I don't seem too shocked. It's all right. Ah, it's um, good. It's good. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, once I left school, so I, I got forced through by my parents to do year 12. Mm-hmm. Um, Was it good scraping, in the end? Scraping the ground, getting dragged by my ankles. And yeah. <laughs> kicking and screaming like a two-year-old. Was it worth it? No. Okay. No, I, I think now in this day and age, anyone can go back and do uni if they want to. Yep. Um, yeah, you don't need to go to year 12 to be able to do that. Yep. Yeah. And, and like, uh, I didn't get great grades throughout year 12, but I still managed to do a bridging course that put me into, like, industrial design. Yep. Um, and I always wanted to do industrial design because it was artistic and I could incorporate all my mechanical knowledge with like, creative side. And um, I just couldn't sit at a computer for <laughs> yep. more than two hours. So you're better, better hands-on. Very hands-on. On the job builder. Yeah, yep. definitely, definitely. It's it's such a field that I'm so intrigued in. Like we had uh, Leo Yip from Ellispeed in here. Yeah. And obviously that's his, his thing as well. It's such an interesting field and like picking a few things off, like we spoke of the um, the Tesla Cybertruck, yep. whatever they call it. Things like that. Do, do you see interest or influence in that sort of stuff or not really? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm also draw um, inspiration from a lot older stuff. Okay. Like um, there's some moto guzzies and stuff that were built back in the day that are yep. just so ahead of their time um, and the styling and everything was just like it could be on a bike now and you'd go, okay, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting to see where the bikes have uh, – not come from, but you can see a line of character, like Porsches. Mm. You know, you mentioned about shaping a Porsche body. 
every brand has their sort of line of character that you can still see in their shape and design. Hey? Look at a Harley. <laughs> same deal, yeah. <laughs> I've got a 1942 Waller and yeah. it looks the same as a fat boy. Yep. Like it's, yeah, a few few little tweaks and I'm sharpen up here and there, but it's, yeah. But the principle's there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Exactly. Influences, like Chip, yep. one thing. How, how, like who else? What else? Ooh, um, currently, yeah, um, Nigel Petrie. Yeah, engineered um, to slide. Enge engineered to slide, huge. Like, um, yeah, definitely him. Um, oh, at the moment, what's what makes Nigel's work so well? I think because it's just so clean. Yeah, I think it's in like fabrication's not a clean and tidy job at all. Like, mm -hmm. all you need to do is take an anger grinder to something for two minutes, and you got dust everywhere. Yeah. Um, just the way he can keep everything so meticulously tidy, yep. and the way like the in, the way in which he works is incredible. Yeah. Um, but then it comes out in his styling because everything's just so refined. It's yeah. for Nigel's work, and I, I appreciate it as well. Like mm. it's it's something I just look at. And, wow. Um, it, it's borderline OCD in every oh part, every part facet, of it. every facet, yeah. to, even to the images that come out of it. Yeah. And that's something that you've got to respect 100%. Like you're like from the initiation of like the first drawing mm. to the bike being built, how clean it comes out, to the images. Like my job's photo and video and I look at his work and he's he's a builder. Yeah. But his imagery of what he does is just it blows me away. Mm. And him and the people he works with, pretty incredible, eh? Oh, it's insane. It's insane. And um, oh, I, I, so do you follow Max Hazen as well, Max Hazan? No, I don't think so. Max Hazan, Craig Rod Smith, um, they're both custom bike builders. Yep. And Max Hazan's just, yeah, freaky, doing some really, really freaky stuff. Right. Do you enjoy building them more than riding them? Yes. Really? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 I love riding. Yeah. Um, and I've only really just started to get back into it in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, like being passionate about riding yep. and actually thinking about it more so. Um, beforehand, it was all just build, 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 build. Yep. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, now it's still build, but <laughs> that's incredible. Like it, it and it it, it it gets to that point. I think for a lot of people too, they get to a point where it's like, uh, I just want to build them or work on them more than ride it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, did you do, did you do an apprenticeship mechanical? Yes, I did. Where do you, where do you go? So because you would have had to move out of yeah, town. Yeah, exactly. So Yamba d definitely doesn't have a bike shop. No. Um. Grafton, there's, I think, one left in Grafton. They had the Honda dealer with the um, Power Sports, wasn't it? I think it's Suzuki still. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah. they used to have Honda, Grafton Power Sports, I think, had a Honda dealer out the back. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Not I much don't, there, don't though. Don't go to Grafton. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to Grafton. Um, yeah, so where'd you go? So I mm. um, I did, I did, so when I finished school, I did, um, I tried to do panel beating in the, the now concept of it. So yep. I went to Canberra and did um, collision repair, which is just plastic panels pop on, pop off. Wow. And that lasted a whole of two months and I was like, I'm not doing this. From yep. what I from what I was doing before with panel beating, that was, was just a waste of my time. So is that the new course? Yeah, collision repair. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And it, and it literally they don't teach gas welding anymore. They don't teach like I, I don't I can't remember, but I think they, they're trying to bring in more TIG okay. than MIG, which is good. Um MIG's pretty outdated nowadays with yep. in, in the light sheet metal side of things. Um, and then I went to uni when I was in Canberra, moved home, went up to Goldie, worked in cafes, Sydney, 
cafes. <laughs> wow. And um, and then I was working in cafes getting bored brainless yep. and um, I saw the ad for, for Fraser's uh, Motorcycles was hiring. Yep. Um, went and started there as a first year. Um, and, yeah, that was very – that was an eye-opener in the sense of how the way that the structure works um, as an apprentice. Yeah. That, that was very traditional. You sweep floors, you wash bikes. like First year. Yeah, one. exactly, yep. exactly. So first six months you don't get out of the wash bay yep. and you didn't go and do the bins and, and then you go, okay, you get a first service, you get three hours to do it, not an hour and a half like it normally takes a normal yep. person. Um, and, yeah, you learn very much so like traditionally how to do it and you watch, you've got to keep an eye on what's going on. Yep. Yeah. I've I, I, I got to say, being um, like for a mechanic to be like good and successful is they've got to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Not just what's going on on your own bike yep. that they're working on, but everything else as well. It's communication, isn't it? Yeah. With everyone, everything. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Were you over uh, Northern Beaches or out at... Um so I was out at Concord. Concord. So yeah. I was at the big girl, the mothership. The yeah. Wow. In the big old one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, not. Um, no, 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 that's way before. My way time. before. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so the big, the big glass joint. Yeah, big glass joint on um, on the corner of Parramatta Road yep. and where you pull off for the freeway. The Western freeway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How mentors time there? How how things go? You enjoy it? I uh, spent a bit of time there. Um, enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Yeah. And um, really like nurtured my understanding of motorbikes and um, one big thing was they sent me to Harley University so okay. Harley Harley Technical School yep and um, yeah had a, a brilliant absolutely brilliant um, uh, instructor there by the name of Steve Moffat mm-hmm. and he was un- unreal so tired you know tired mm. um, the funny day I've got a story about that one so we're sitting there <laughs> on the first day Todd hey mate what are you doing I didn't know that you got a job so my, my mate Todd's from Yamba and um, so two small town guys rock up to the first day. I didn't even know that he had a job with Harley. Wow. And we're sitting down in class and chatting away, sitting beside each other, and a teacher walks in. He's like, all right, everyone, my name's Steve. We're going to go around a circle and introduce ourselves and hold hands and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. And um, he goes, all right, so uh, where are you from, mate? And goes, oh, Bankstown. Where are you from, mate? Oh, Traugan. Where are you from, mate? Yamba. And he's, he's, like, he's like, what? And then Tide goes beside him, yeah, I'm from Yamba as well. And Steve's like, I live in Yamba. So he, so Steve would travel down every single week that we had training there. Yep. And he was training like four, all, all like all the years of um, apprentices. Yep. Um, and then doing the master tech classes as well. He'd travel down just for the job yep. and then go back up to Yamba. So I see him nowadays and he's out for a surf and all that sort of stuff. Wow. But yeah, all like, this is funny for me because... I still, like, when someone's on the news or something and they flash to Yamba for the news yep. on, on, like, a worldwide a broadcast or something like that, I still get excited. Yeah. Because it's a small town. Like, I went to school with, like, five people in my year group. Like, stuff like that. Like, it's huge. Now here's three people in a room Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doing, like, a really, really specific, like, thing. Yeah. Tell me this. Is that Steve Moffat, the road racer from Yamba? Yeah. I used to road race with him. Really? So is he a Harley Tech? Oh, uh, he was he's a bike mechanic and tech. oh yeah, incredible bike mechanic. Wow. Um, yeah, so he used to be a Yamaha trainer as well. Um, worked for the TAFE, obviously, with Harley. Yep. Um, and then yeah, specialised in the Harley training down there. Awesome rider. Yeah. Really good road racer. Yeah. Mate, that's so funny because I knew Steve Moffat was from Yamba. Yep. But I never knew what he did for work. But um, yeah, there paints a bit of a picture. Yeah, I know. it's funny. Huh? How, how was like? <clears throat> 
like by that point, you would have been working on bikes and everything yourself. Like to change an oil in three hours, when you first get in there, there's no ego that gets in the way, but there's a little part of the you must go three hours. Come on, I can do this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. How, how did you adapt to that? Um, you've got to learn. Yeah, you got to learn, and and at that point, you just try not to break anything. Yeah. And like working on like bikes that are a lot more than a lawnmower, you yep. you've got to be careful and taking your time. So in the beginning, it was very much so just do it right and don't break anything. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to the methods. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And did you finish time there or did you go to somewhere else? No. So I, um, I thought to myself, this is just the same thing. Oh, so actually, when I was working there, I started building a salt flat racer. Right. Um, the little 100cc salt flat racer. So yep. a 1938 model, Francis Barnett. And I put a, um, so that's like girder fork, solid rear end, yep. old, old thing. That my grandfather dragged out of a chook shed in Albany and brought it over here and sat in the front yard and rusted for years. Wow. And um, so I, I brought the bike in and started work on it in the workshop. And I was walking around like, oh, what do I do about this? Because I'm an apprentice. I don't yep. know, first year. So you took this into Fraser's? Took this into Fraser's, yep. um, working on it like in my spare time on a Saturday or something yep. like that. And um, at all my lunch breaks and stuff and I'm asking guys for help and they're like, oh, I don't really know. And I was like, well, I, I kind of want to learn more. Like this is Harley's, like it's all, uh, any dealership you'd learn the bike. You learn the bike that and inside and out. You know exactly yep. what's going on with that bike. Um, and I didn't want to have my blinders on like that. I wanted to learn more. And so I, um, I went up. Uh, I was working on a mate's bike um, for the machine show build comp. So this is 20... Oh, I can't remember. And <laughs> I was working on his iron head and I was doing a top-end rebuild on his iron head. Um, and this is still while I was a first year up in the northern beaches. And he's like, oh, I don't have a, like a bow spring compressor. I'm like, okay, what do we do now? And he's like, oh, the shop around the corner has one. I walked in there and I was like, holy shit. This place has snowmobiles hung from the roof. Um, what else? Hang gliders and like a big old like uh, wood chopper with a blade on it like that, all hanging from the roof. Wow. There's a, um, like a red panther sitting there. There's bikes everywhere just hung up and it's like takes your breath away. Yep. And then you walk around the showroom, there's Z900s, there's um, 750 like H2s, there's... Yeah. Like R three rotaries, like everything you can, like you just go, holy cow! And um, I got talking to the boss, and I was like, I said, I want to work here. Like, yeah. can I come and do like a weekend? And, oh yeah, okay, right. Well, next Saturday, come in, do a couple of hours, and we'll see how you go. They didn't want an apprentice; they wanted like a qualified. Yeah. And um, and so I went there the following week and worked on an SR400, which I had at the time. So I was oh, like, really? hell yeah, smash that out. Yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Um, so I was all, yeah, okay, cool. And the boss was like, all right, yep, yeah, nah, you start in two weeks. And um, so, yeah, that's called Surfside Motorcycles in Northern Beaches, yep. um, Brookvale. Still there. Um, Trevor Love still owns it. Um, Trevor is a really interesting character. Mm -hmm. um, he used to build... He started building all the midget car, I think it is. Um, so he used to build like race motors for midget cars and um, also used to work in a lot of race teams throughout the Castrol six-hour days. Wow. Um, and then went on, worked for Ducati doing Dharma, like motors for the race bikes and yep. all sorts of stuff, like really cool history. And uh, when I was down at the Salt, like a random fella came up and said to me, where are you from? I said, oh, 
I live in Brookvale at the moment. I work at a shop there. And he goes, oh, say hello to Trevor Love for me. And this is the middle of nowhere. Like the, yep. salt, the salt flats are empty. There's not many people going. So to this is Lake, Lake Gardner? Lake Gardner, yeah. yeah right. So when I started there, I was, I, just, I was finishing up building my salt flat racer. Um, so that was um, built for, I can't even remember what year it is now. Uh, went, went down to Lake Gardner, um, three blokes in a, Toyota, a 2000 model Toyota Hi-As yeah. with gear packed to the rafters. Um, and drove the whole way down. We were going to film a movie, which never eventuated. Yep. It was just a grand idea. And um, got down there and I got glandular fever when I rocked up there. Oh, so geez. I was crook. And, um, yeah, like so that that amazing place is um, to get out there is this hell road, um, all red dust yep. uh, to get out there and none of the seals closed properly on the van. Oh, so no. just from the word go, it yep. was just through your teeth and everywhere, up your nose. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so I did. I got out there, got really, really crook on the first day, managed by the third day to do, I think, two, three runs. Um, the record originally was 45 mile per hour for 100 cc, um, just straight gas. And I think I ended up doing 70 mile per hour. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. On, a, on a rigid, like rigid rear end, yep. girder front end with a mountain bike shock that I molested to try and make it all work. Wow. And um, yeah, like the bike, the bike is literally only probably a meter and a bit yep. long. Like it's tiny. And um, yeah, so I did that in the final run of that day. Um, my record, my, my final record run um, came in, pulled up, and my head stem nut had fallen off. So. Me being the first year apprentice, yep. thought, oh, I can clean this thread up. I'll just use a metric, like tap, yep, metric die, and I did it all, and it's a Whitworth thread. Yeah, right. So I wasn't holding on real well, and the nut came flying off mid run, and out there, if any, like you got to think, anything doing like two hundred mile per hour, if they hit like a rock, yep. and it flicks up or bounces or something like that, it's catastrophic. Yep. And, you know, I've got this dirty, great big nut laying out in the middle of the run. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and the only thing that's holding you, you're basically triple clamp on is just the weight. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much it's me it? sitting on sitting it. It's it. yeah. the only thing. And I didn't even notice it. Like the bike vibrated that much. I thought it was normal. So, wow. yeah. What would have been the original speed of that bike? Ooh, 20 well, mile an hour? Ooh, yeah, not even. Hey, it's slow. Yep. Real slow. Like one, one horsepower, one, two, three horsepower maybe. Yeah. Do you know what you got to power-wise? Um, I ran it on a dyno, but I definitely didn't get what it was supposed to be making yep. until I was out there. Yeah, right. Mucking around with it, yeah. And when you say gas, you mean pump? Just, just pump, pump gas. Pump fuel, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this guy you seen down there said to say hi to Trevor Love, like so in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, just, yep. oh, say hello to Trevor for me. Wow. Yeah, it, but you got you know this just as well, like how small the motorcycle community is. Yep. It's incredible. It's yeah. way, it, yeah. It's it's not way too small, but it's it's just everyone knows pretty much everyone. Yeah, like you knew Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. And didn't know what he did. Yeah, but just knew the name and we're, same deal. Growing up in northern New South Wales, you look at the entry list. Oh, guy from Yamba racing yeah. up here. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's pretty full on. Now, working in Brookvale, uh, I used to do a lot of track days with you know APW. Yeah, must have been around the corner. Yeah, okay. They so to, Sean and all Sean, those boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sean yeah. and Mick Carruthers and yeah. whatnot. Um, they we used to stay with them and do like Eastern Creek or Sydney Motorsport Park stuff yeah, right. and whatnot. Yeah. And um, it's a pretty interesting place to work too. It's a pretty oh, hectic sort of suburb, and it is. It's a bit of a wild character part of the world too, isn't it? It is one of the best industrial estates. Yep. In well, I got to thank the world. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I got a mate now that's in South Grafton that used to be a composites technician there. Okay. And he used to build in the same industrial state. He used to build like the displays and Myers and all that sort of stuff, like yep. the animatronics stuff. Wow. Um, he used to build um, like the proper not wild oats, but like the equivalent of wild oats, like yachts, super yeah. yachts, and all that sort of stuff. And he's in South Grafton now. But he says there was an animatronics guy down yep. the road. There was an aerospace engineer. There was like machinists galore. Yep. Then you got sandblasters, powder coaters. Um, What's her name? Um, who's the Porsche mob that does the top world time attack? Oh, um, PR Tech. Is it PR Tech? PR yep. Tech, yeah. Challenge. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And they're like one of the best like race car builders globally. Yeah, yep. globally. Um, and then you've got five bike shops, I think, when yeah. I left. Five or six. Bike Considering shops. it's such a small industrial estate, there's everything in that place. Yep. Everything you can think of, mm. and, and like the bolt shops just around the corner. The, yep. You didn't have to go anywhere else. Yep. Other than that one or two k radius. Yep, yeah. it's it's so funny. Like it's like we're nerding out about industrial estates, mm. but it's one of those things. And my, my dad always said it. Like you can judge a place by its industrial estate, pretty much. <laughs> like, you know, like you can because yeah. you drive into a place. Oh yeah, and for one thing, it's work. Yep. You know, there's going to be work here if there's a good industrial estate. And yeah, that that place like on Friday afternoon was uh, always a pretty exciting place to be. You know, but what'd you learn there? Um, what was a good learning experience of being there? Because oh, you're out of a dealership world, heaps. there's a lot of yeah. a lot of different um, different things you're learning, I guess, at that point. Yeah, I'd definitely say um, I learnt patience. Yeah, I, okay. A lot of my mates and my, my family would laugh at me if I said patience because I've got a very short temper. Right. Um, and that's normally when I'm working on stuff. Yep. But for me, it, it it takes a lot of a lot to get up to that point where I blow. Like yep. old bikes, there's so many things like can go wrong. Like. You'll, you'll work on fixing an indicator switch and something else will shit itself. Yep. And then you're there with a job that was only supposed to take an hour. It's taking like well over and um, the boss is starting to really blow up and get in your face like, come on, get it done. Yep. Um, but, yeah, just the, just the variety. Like the doing like so old bikes have so much technology in them that you can take with you for everything else yep. and the procedures and way you go like go about stuff like yep. working on an old triumph you got to pull half the stuff off to actually get to what you want to work on and doing that means you're a lot more patient when you're working on a late model r1200 or something and get to an air filter yeah like it's you, you understand you go okay yep just go procedural wise i'm just going to tear that down step by step by step yep yeah a lot of it's procedure isn't it oh all of it is you know yeah you find that is. procedure and Interesting world, interesting world. Mm. What are the mark you did? Yep. On yep. a uh, on the old Triumph. Yeah. <laughs> he said old Triumph, and I'm like, oh, I've got to mention this. So, yeah. Um, mate, tell me, I, I watched it. Um, I don't want to embarrass you, but as a character, um, of being yourself, <laughs> for someone <laughs> saying that they're shy and grew up by themselves, mate, you're, you're a star. It was it was bloody awesome to watch. Oh, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> you probably watch back and like half these things. If I do watch something, I'll probably cringe at myself, but you probably watch it back and maybe whatever I do. But it's unreal. You you didn't betray yourself, just yourself so well. It was bloody awesome. I put it all down to the editing. I think they did a great job at editing. <laughs> they did a good job. They did a good job. But good job editing it because, yeah, I, I don't, How'd it go? I don't remember like saying half the stuff as well. Yeah, right. And, I, and I'd chop a bit in there to make it like funny or something. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I did an incredible job editing it. But that was like 
coming on here is an honour for me. Yep. Doing that was just next level. So yep. Tom called me when I was building um, one so, of my machine show build comp bikes. So how did the relationship start? Did you know him at all? Yeah, yeah. so Tom and I did a – so for, for me, everything really comes back to the machine show. Um, yep. So this is Tom from Purpose Built Motor at the Gold Coast, so machine show. So no, so machine show is Matt Darwin. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be run um, down in Braidwood. Yep. Um, I think you got about three years out of it until COVID hit. Um, so Machine Show is a, I think it's pre-85 or pre-95, bring anything. And it's one of those shows, like there was one year we were down there and it's Braidwood. So it's past past Wollongong, past Nowra, out yep. west a bit, like towards Canberra. So it's freezing in winter. Yep. And um, show's in March, so it's on the, on the tip. But it was probably three degrees, horizontal rain. And everyone's standing around freezing. All the ones that were there were all diehard bike nuts. Yep. And old bike nuts, which is like circle of about that big. Yeah. And my You joined the funnel. Yeah, my happy place. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that that show's like really, really awesome and got such a great atmosphere. And like I met my partner there. Um, but Matt started to do a build comp, so he'd invite uh, I think it was like twenty something in the first year and then the next year it was a little bit more. Um, like builders from all around Australia, so anyone can enter and then get invited. Like he'll pick you and then you go and build a bike. And um, somehow he picked me to do it the first time round. Um, I think I just pitched him a really good idea. I'm going to build a salt flat racer out of a bike. And um, so the first year, everything really revolved around that. Second year, I built um, the supercharged uh, SR400, mm -hmm. which I'd had for ages. Um, which is a learning curve in itself as an apprentice trying to figure out how to supercharge a bike. Yep. And like styling-wise and a lot of it came into that. Um, and I ended up winning that year, um, which was really cool. And Tom followed – Tom came down to one of the builders' meetings for the first year, met him there. Second year around, he started to really follow along like my process and all that sort of stuff and um, and then started to create a friendship and yep. Instagram's huge because you can talk to people. Yep. And, um, and yeah, from there, he's like, all right, I want you to be a part of this project. And if you talk to anyone else on Wild of the Mark, we had zero idea of what we were going into. Wow. Other than the fact that it was like two weeks in Tasmania. Yep. Like, so I, I, I had, because I was an apprentice, I had zero money and um, absolutely zero money to spend other than on bikes and food. And I had the Triumph sitting there that I'd blown up riding to Mudgee Meltdown, which is another story in itself, um, absolutely destroyed the motor. And yep. I had that sitting there and I was like, well, I've got to put it together before I start on something else. So I was like, I'll do a Steve McQueen, like, tribute kind of thing. And um, and then started to design it as a, like, Rickman replica, yep. just with a lot larger tank. Um, so the styling was, like, around that kind of style. And, yeah, got a call, did that. And, um, yeah, like, being a part of it, like, with people like Maddie Mack and Emma... And yep. like even Max and Justin, Justin's huge. Like Justin's one of my idols as a builder. Like yep. what he does, that's pop bang. Yep. Um, yeah, incredible bike builder. Tom's a really good bike builder. Um, and yeah, it was just awesome to be a part of it in such a cool little group. Yeah. Mm. Enjoyable. Oh, best Stressful. experience. Yeah, best yep. experience. Like getting there was a headache. So. Like um, I think the, like in the starting scenes is like me on the phone to Tom. I didn't know he was filming, but um, I had really oh, I um, 
I sent my head to get machines, like the valves and stem seals and all that sort of stuff. So I put K-liners in. And um, I sent my head off and it came back and they put valve stem seals on it without yep. me like really knowing. And um, this is old British stuff. So they got a real mad cutaway on the valve guide. And it was actually acting like a squirty gun. It was grabbing, sucking the oil in and then pushing it in there with the rubber to help it like push it through. So it was smoking like no tomorrow. And I was like losing oil like no tomorrow. I was like, I can't, I couldn't figure it out for the life yep. of me, and I, it took me three or four times to tear the whole, like tear the whole top end down, and then finally figured, okay, right, valve stem seals, pull them off, ran fine, um, put it all back together. Then I had massive gearbox issues, so I had like fourth gear was a bit sticky, yep. um, and yeah, a bit of filing and fettling and old Triumph stuff. Yep, put it back together, and then only just made it to. So tired, my mate helped me drive down there. Oh, oh, and uh, <laughs> driving along just to get to him. So I was riding along 20 minutes just to get to his place, riding along, and I mustn't have tightened up one of the tappets enough and it's unscrewed and then popped out. Yep. So we pulled into a mate's place down at um, Aubrey, Rodonga, yep. and he had a, he's a, he's a um, his name's Shane and he's just a triumph guru. Um, and I rocked up there and I was like, oh, do you got any parts? And he's like, yeah, yeah, i got this. And he's like, I've got some push rods here as well. Like... Do you need anything else? I was like, push rods. I don't need push rods. I'll grab them anyway, throw them in my kit. Got down, just made the ferry um, and then, yeah, shipped over there. First day, the bike just had issues like no tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, and um, so the first day, first day riding along, I think my CDI shit itself because I put an electronic ignition in it. Yep. Um, and it was brand new. It shit itself. Rode a little bit further and then it snapped a push rod. And it, <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I still to this day don't know what was going on there. My clearances are fine. I yep. don't know what was going on. Um, and, yeah, snapped it on the first day, pulled up, fixed it in the van overnight yep. and then met up with the crew. Like, Yeah, it was a real cool experience to do it on that bike. Yep. Yeah, it was like a, a ride and, and the breakdown's all a part of the journey. Yeah. Me breaking down every 20 minutes was definitely a part of the journey. And taught me a lot that I can fix anything as long as I like put my mind to it. Yep. And that was that was huge. Like normally you just go, oh, I'll just push it on the back of the truck and take it home and fix it next week. Yep. You don't have that luxury. Like you gotta no. you gotta keep up with everyone else, otherwise you're getting left behind. Especially with Matty Mac, he's gone. He's been. <laughs> yeah. What was the um tell me what what is the Triumph? Go break it down for us. So it's a nineteen seventy two Triumph Trophy six fifty. Yep. Um yeah, I think they use them as like a police model over in NZ. Yep. Um, I think they even use them as a police model here for a bit too. Right. Yeah. Where would you pick it up? Uh, picked it up in Melbourne on Valentine's Day. Wow, what I a drove, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drove down in the shitty old highs with my missus doing a 110 with no heater. Oh, no, 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 no um, air con. So we're wrapping her heads and wet towels <laughs> and stuff. And, um, yeah, drove all day, got down there, picked the bike up off this old boy that hadn't ridden it in years. And, um, yeah, so the first ride I ever took it on was to Mudgy Meltdown. After a couple of test runs of breaking down, yep. took it to Mudgy Meltdown and, yeah, um, oil pressure switch wasn't working, um, so I had no oil light, yep. belting along down the highway, which they're not really supposed to do. They're pretty, like, not a, supposed to be a high-revving motor and I was trying to keep up with a bunch of Harleys and, um, yeah, absolutely toasted the motor and knock, knock, knock. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Yep. So pull it down, start yeah, again. Yeah, pull again. it down, start yep. again. And that just sat off to the sideline while I had while I had to build the supercharged bike. So Wow. So the supercharged SR. Mm. Mm. So why did the Mark 
awesome experience. Huge. Wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. It yeah. looked cool. It looked, it looked really good. It was, it was so fun. It was so good. Like, yeah, to be a part of it. And I hadn't ridden dirt. God. I'd, I'd ridden once when I went home to see my folks. I'd done a couple dirt track, like, come and ride test days and stuff. Yep. But I hadn't been on a dirt bike in a long, long time. I right. got comfortable. Like, I hadn't been comfortable on a bike off-road or even on gravel in a long time. And, um, yeah, that was really, like, as a shock because it's yep. 72 model suspension. I didn't do anything to the suspension. Um, so I didn't have the budget <laughs> for it. And, yeah, it just carried on and bucked and wallowed. And, yeah, it was an ordeal to ride. But by the end of it, I was like, I loved it. That's yeah. that's awesome. And, and you go to, like... Um, I've never ridden with Tom, um, but Maddie Mac, Emma, Max as well. Yeah, awesome dirt riders, all three of them. Yeah, they really like, push you. Good dirt riders. Yeah, yeah, so yeah exactly. It's a, it's a it's a pretty damn good experience as well. Yeah, no, they they definitely they definitely help push everyone along. Like Justin had never ridden off road as well. Yep. Um, so he's yeah, not, by the end of it, he was killing it. Right. Yeah. Yep. He's bikes are pop band classics, obviously incredible. eh? good builds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the styling. He's just got a real good eye for it. Yep. Uh, I think uh, this, this, you know, it's obviously not a story that's made. It's just done along the way. Yeah. But the story of a couple <laughs> of you guys and the phone calls and I just think, yeah, it was, it was very well done. We went to the premiere down at Hotel and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So what uh, what did you do with the bike? You kept it or did you get rid of it? Um, kept it, um, started building it up again for hopefully the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> yep. And they might not invite me back. I was a bit of a dick, so. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I doubt it. You've got a revolving door of bikes, it seems. Yeah. Like <laughs> your Instagram, mate. Yep. There's a KZ 750, there's a, you know, um, an XR, or there's every every week there's something. Is there bikes you hang on to, or you, you, you're just, are you attached to any of them? I'm attached to all of them. Mm. I'm attached to all of them, but the bank account comes knocking. Yeah, it's hard. So, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you're trying to flip bikes to make a bit of money. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, I'd love the DT175 I picked up for 500 bucks. I don't want to get rid of it, but I have to. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I've got the I've got the 42 Waller, which will I'll finish when I'm 50. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got the supercharged bike, which I'm not allowed to get rid of. So you kept that SR400? Still got that. Cool. Still got that. Um, that was actually going to be my dust hustle bike this year. Yeah, that's It'll have to be for the postponed one. How, how does um how does go like how how'd you how'd you build it? It's stupid. It is. <laughs> how do how do you think about building it? Because they're a very simple, awesome machine. Like, yeah, good real... base to build off. How how do you think about doing that? Exactly. Um, yeah, it was a it, again. I was like driving back from the salt. I was like, all right, I'm going to build another bike. Yep. Um, what do I have? And I had that sitting there. Yep. Um. <laughs> I took it to actually Mudgy again. I was riding it to Mudgy on a ride with a whole bunch of Harleys. And this thing, before I turned into the supercharged bike, it was a rigid chopper with a suicide jockey shift and a yoga mat for a seat. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd welded the tank solidly to the frame. Yeah. We went for this ride out to Mudgy. And um, there's me trying to keep along with all the Harleys and stuff. But the thing could wheelie. Like it was just, yeah, it was a cranky little bike and it could wheelie like no tomorrow. And I was popping a couple of wheelies and stuff and the whole tank kept coming down and smacking. And yeah, yeah. so I cracked the frame and um, ended up just bodging it to get it to Sydney and get it home. And um, yeah, so that was toast and sitting in the shed broken down again. Yep. And then that's what I decided to use for the for the next build because uh, I had it there and it's yep. cheap. So Yeah, good cheap build. And that, that's probably why everyone's built off them for... Mm. 
you know, you see the dais builds over the time and that they've been so popular to build build from. Awesome base. Mm. Awesome, like air-cooled, four-stroke, yep. um, 400, usable, usable power. Usable power, yep. yeah. Yeah, parts available. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Tell me about the uh, salt flats. What's it like? Oh, yeah, another, ex- another experience that you'll never forget. Um, Do you get nervous out there? Oh, I get nervous doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you would have just you heard my voice doing this when I started. <laughs> nah, not at all. <laughs> but it's one of those places where, you, like, I spoke to Rochelle Splat when yep. she came in about getting out there and you're talking about that dirt road. You just drop over a hill and then. Yeah, it's exactly. Like a, yeah, yeah. It's a different place in the world. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I could fully relate it to, like, the landscapes <clears throat> in Star Wars. Like, you just come over the mount, like, over the like, little mound, and then there's this just sea of white. And when you're out there, you can't actually tell like where the horizon finishes. Yep. And when you're sitting on a bike, you're looking down the start line, waiting for the marshal to move out of the way so you can nail it. And you look up and you just go, holy hell. And all when you're riding, all you've got, there's no other noise. There's not a single ounce of noise. And all you've got is the bike. So the vibration, the acceleration, the like, yeah, it's just incredible experience. Just air's clear. Yeah, you know, you've just got that pure sound, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing. Like, it's just a big bowl of salt. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And Good. then you go there and then there's teams like um, I was there the year Valerie Thompson flipped her um, streamliner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and you got teams like Bud and like the, the big guns. Yep. And they're coming over because the salt over there is deteriorating. Mm. They're coming to Australia for the, for the salt flats. So is our salt better than Bonneville? Yes, mm. much better, much yep. better. A lot more thicker. Okay. Um, I was using... I was using 150, 200 mil batten screws with a like proper batten screw gun, yep. um, like impact driver, and you'd be bogging it down trying to get it into it. Really? And, that, and that'll chew through like a foot of wood, easy. Far yeah. out. So our salt's that good. Oh, it, it's that good. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible. And like um, it all comes down to the season. Like if it's a wet season, it's a little bit sloshy and there's yep. patches. Um, one thing about the, the, the run though um, I'm not sure about the long track. I only did the short track, but there's potholes in it. It's not what you think. Like it's it's like concrete. It's got the surf, surface of concrete, just super rough, um, but there's still imperfections in it. Wow. So you're still like, yeah, like what I mean like vibrating and shaking down the run, you're still hitting potholes at like 115K an hour. So it's not just so. like on glass. It's No, no, it's so different. The surface is so different and you lose a lot of traction on it as well because yep. it's quite slippery on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the big guys when they're running high high um, high horsepower bikes, they're worried about burning out tires because of the slip when they're like cruising down. There's all sorts of stuff to take wow. in on it, yeah. And like the elevation, like there's I think it's zero elevation on it as well. Yeah. So it's really different. Um, Humidity's very different. It's all yeah. So as a tuner or something, there's a lot to yeah. There's a lot, lot of variables. You wouldn't get it on a dyno, and that, like that's like with my two stroke that I took. Because it's two stroke, you get a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot of feedback. For sure, yeah. Um, good learning experience, learning carburetors down there. Um, but yeah, like you couldn't tune on a dyno what you want to do down there. You can get it close, but you still be playing still with it different. all week. What's the What's the goal there? You're going to go back? Definitely want to go back. What would you, without giving away a secret, what would you build? To, what What What's something you'd like to do another record attempt on? I w- I want to really go for the uh, 300 cc. Next, okay. I don't yep. want to jump just to a big bike. Yep. Um, yeah, I reckon three hundred cc would be pretty cool. What's a, what's a three hundred like three hundred two stroke or uh, probably four stroke? Four stroke. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably go four stroke. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah, two stroke, four stroke doesn't come like it's just the class classifications is um, just CC. So capacity fuel, based. Yeah, yeah okay. capacity based fuel and then um, induction or whatever. Forced induction, yeah. And then uh, or forced induction and then um, the way the bike's built, so streamline. Strip back, yep. modified, all that sort of stuff. So 300, four-stroke, somewhere in that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah. the world's fastest XR280. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, mate, I like I went to Bonneville just, just to go to Bonneville, yep. not for race, not for speed week, but like just to be on the salt. Like mm. one thing as a ranger, oh, man, it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> you get sunburnt from both directions. Yeah. The reflection from underneath is just ridiculous. Oh, it's brutal, hey, and yeah. I, like. I think I'd rust after a week out there. Right? Like, yeah, it it. But to go to like down there, it's March, isn't it? I'm pretty sure each year. Yeah, for every March. Yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. And then you like when you're down there and you hear like the big guns going. Yeah, like you can tell when they're on song. So what's the sound like? Nothing. No, I can't explain it. So that's too hard of a question. Yeah. But it's just, just everywhere. All you can hear is just whoa, like the sound. sound yeah, yeah, of it just moving. Yeah, yeah. cool. Be really cool. Yeah, exactly. As a as a gearhead, um, yeah, it's one of those places. Uh, contraptions. Tell me any oh. cool contraptions down there, or <laughs> what have you seen? Like fastest bathtubs, or oh no, no, they've got to be safe. Yeah, they've got to be safe. Because um, it's a prop. This is the thing too for people who don't know. Like it's a proper motorsport event. It's a yeah. sanctioned event. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. you just rock up the salt. No, you've got go proper, fast. proper, proper scrutineering yep. to get on there. Um, and yeah, they are really like yeah. specific with scrutineering. Obviously so, like two wheels is pretty unsafe at the best of times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like um, there's always like a guy, you would be riding along and there's a guy cycling but going quick like on a normal old treadley yep. and he'd be driving along in your car doing like 60 or 70 along him and he's just cruising because it's dead flat and it's like wow. no resistance basically. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> some funny stuff. There's a guy, I, I'm sure there's the same guy that gets around down there but he's just in budgie smugglers. Right. He's got the big mullet and budgie smugglers and he cruises around like that the whole time. Do you imagine his tan at the end of it? Yeah, he'd be, yeah, yeah. He'd be leather. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be a suitcase. Oh, mate, uh, yeah, definitely a place to go. What other sort of events have you done? Like obviously talking about going to Mudgee, uh, some of these other like bike events. What else have you been to? Ooh. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, um, yeah, no, Throttle Roll in Sydney, which is cool, custom bike show. Is that um, Trooper Lou's host? No, not Trooper no, Lou's. No, so it's Mark Howard. Yeah. Um, organizes it and runs that. He's so what, the they guy block that off a street or something, don't they? Ride. Yeah, they used to. They used to block off a street yep. in Marrickville. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was sick. It was so cool. Good show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Unreal show. Live bands and mm -hmm. yeah, good atmosphere. Um, the last year, I think they did it in um, in a old factory in Redfern, which was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it was really American style. Like yep. um, what what you'd refer to as American. Well, I refer to it as American style. Is um, like Mama Tried and all that sort of stuff where they stack them and it's got the lights lit. Yep. And yeah, it's really, really That sort really of cool. feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really polished. Um, yeah, um, not much else to be honest. Yeah. You're, get, you're getting close to your time here, right? Are you going back home? Yeah. That's the plan? Northern Rivers, like it, as an area, we spoke about it before we started, it's just gone absolutely ballistic mm. there's not a bike shop in yambo mm. never don't think i've heard of a bike shop in yamba from my my memory um adventure garage obviously you know uh, andrew and that really well as well is there is there a way of making your own thing down there like how, how do you do that 
Definitely. Um, my only battle is at the moment is there's not enough um, infrastructure. Okay. So there's no there's no infrastructure in the area because it's been taken up by that massive influx of people that's there. Yeah. And every builder's busy. So there's nothing like there's stuff coming, but normally they've already got a name on it. So mm. to try and find a shed or something to work out of is just next to impossible. Wow. Yeah. And is your plan to like are you gonna work on bikes at home like down there or what what are I, you doing? I, I work on bikes down there at the moment. Yep. Um I squeeze them all in and make it work. Yep. Um but yeah, my plan my plan is to definitely grow it down there, but it's just a matter of yep. yeah, timing and asset, like money to be able to put into it and all that sort of stuff. Now, you were doing some stuff at Adventure Garage for a while, weren't you? Or oh, doing some stuff um, at Salt Creek anyway. Salt I Creek, Mardo, I did a little bit of did work for. A little for. bit of work, yeah, before they moved out to their other other shed. Good area to work in, hey, out there. Oh, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's just good to be home. Yeah. It's good to be home. Like doing a couple of years in Sydney, a few, a few years in Sydney, and um, just the, the rat race. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Um, I'm not a city person. I like to take it slow and talk slow. So it's good. good <laughs> yeah. to what's the uh, what's a what's a good build that you got come up? You got anything that's like a surprise, or you got anything that you're working on at the moment, or what's happening there? Um, oh, I've always got builds I'm working on. Nothing. Yep. Yeah, oh, I, I think they're all special in their own way. For sure. Yeah, they're all my little children. So yeah, <laughs> makes um, sense. But no, I I want to do like. This is such a good industry to be in because it's like it is actually really diverse. You can mm. go a lot of ways with it. Like yep. what you're doing is really cool. Um, like I'll, for some reason, I found out that I actually like public speaking um, from doing like the interviews after like wider the market, all the screenings and stuff. Yep. So I host like I hosted a um, a tech talk up at Skinny's Garage. Yes, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I'd love to do more stuff like that. Um, How yeah. does a shy kid from Yamba? <laughs> Go and host a tech talk in front of like a group of people. Oh, the one that goes up there and the knees knock together when they're doing a speech in class. Understand it, but I, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, eh? Yeah, I know. It's it's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's so much you can do with this. Like I want to go and work for a race team at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's such a cool. I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah. yeah. What can you offer a race team? Um, my good looks. Yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like it's one of those things like I, I look at it, just diversity. Yeah. You know, like uh, the, some trades, I'm going to be careful in saying this, but some are like what you're saying about the panel beating, mm-hmm. at collision courses, what you've got is actually tangi- tangible skills. Like a, you've worked on so much different stuff. That mm. That's where coming into a race team because it's so – one minute you're repairing a fairing right yep. through to, you know, what are we doing with data or something like that. That's probably what I was probably getting at. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, that's probably more of a mature <laughs> answer for it. Yeah. Um, nah, like, yeah, there's so many, yeah, exactly, exactly, taking taking stuff into it. Yeah. Like I, I can do case repairs on bikes, like alley cases. Yep. Like welding them up um, and just knowing, like, when something's too far gone, or something that you can still fix. Yep. Like, yeah, it's... Mm. Now, a lot of bike builders aren't into racing. Mate, why not? <laughs> I don't know, but it just doesn't seem like that. A lot of the bikes are more um, just not race race sort of thing. Yep. Why, 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 like, why Bonneville? Why, uh, not Bonneville, why Lake Gardner? Like, what, what, drew, what drives, like, a racing... You say you want to maybe look at racing stuff. Why? I think um, just being a rev head. Just a yeah, gearhead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yep. yeah, I'd, I'd love to just build a showpiece that sits on a wall. 
Yeah. Um, that'd be really cool. For someone to say to me, right, I want you to build something for my collection, yep. I would froth that. I would go to town and work a million hours a week to do that. Um, but for me, currently, I can really only build bikes for customers that want to use them. Yes. And I've, that's more so the direction I've gone into. And you take, like, I take a lot of influence from like race bikes and yep. all that sort of stuff as well. Roland Sands. Mm. Like the design styles? Yes, definitely. Um, I also like how he incorporates um, a lot of aluminium into his work as well. Yep. Um, he could definitely go down that plastic route, but it's all still very fabricated and really well made. Yep. Um, and yeah, the finish on him is just exceptional. Let's let's pump your pump your brain here for a sec. Mm-hmm. Industrial design of motorcycle or mechanical design. What what do you see coming? Um, look, the electric bike future is huge. Yeah, yeah. It's just, we're just waiting for the battery technology to be here. Yep. Um, yeah, and and that that is a hundred percent the direction that we will be going in. Yeah. There's no no one can drag a chain on that one. Yeah. yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, love it. Yep. Yeah, make Embrace great it. power. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, only thing is, um, just the noise isn't really there. Yeah. Uh, if you could do straight cut gears and like make it a little bit more whiny, yep. that'd be pretty cool. Or we'll just put a Gilmer drive on, like yeah, like, like a fake car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 is something that's needed. You know, yep. it's just just a bit of sounds. Mm. You know, I I think especially motorcycles, you ride them for. Um, Pleasure, you know, passion, yep. passion, you know. So uh, sound is, you know, people. Sound and feel. Like I, I like being an old bike guy. Like, yep. I, like mostly the stuff I do is old bikes and I love. Yep. Um, like I was talking with my mate on the way here. Like I'd love an old like R100. Yep. Like a old airhead just because you can feel like you can feel it like uh, what's the name? Idling. Yeah. You can feel it idling. Like it, you can feel everything like that. And, and as a mechanic, like um, – yeah, I understand what's going on and yep. you're thinking about it. And it's, yeah, it's really cool to think how much is actually working to get you moving. It's like you can look behind the cases. Yeah. Like when exactly. you're actually riding it, you yep. can see, you basically visualize what's actually moving through here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an in- interesting sort of thing. What's the, um, what's a dream build? Is there a certain bike that goes, Keely, one day, obviously your Harley's mm. one, I'll build this when I'm 50. Mm. But is there a dream build? Gosh, so many. Really? Like, is there a yeah, match, matchless, a BSA? Is there anything like that? Or uh, probably a Vincent. A Vincent. Get my hands on a Vincent would be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm only if it's bastardized already. Mm. Yeah, I would. I you wouldn't don't touch I would, it. No, I wouldn't touch an original one. No way. Yeah. Or a yep. Bruff or something like that. Like It'd be the, very cool. Yeah. There comes a point when it's that prestigious, you're not gonna wreck it. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, twenty five. Twenty five. You've got a awesome knowledge of bikes, like older bikes and stuff as well. Like the way you're just throwing around when you went to Loves, you know, you know, you said 900s, 750s here, and did, like, did, is you, like you're saying about your dad having bikes when young. Was he into them? Like big into them, or is this just something that you've just? He's um, the world's worst mechanic. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's a yep. waxhead. Um, awesome rider, incredible yep. rider actually. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty much only dirt bikes. Like yeah. He, Likes bikes and like, but not gets like the it. knowledge like you've got now. No, not not yeah. like um yeah. And my, my old bike knowledge comes really from working at Surfside and the variety that we actually worked on there. Yeah, yeah. Because like when you're just throwing the names around there, like I might be wrong, but there doesn't seem to be too many twenty five year old people that could just chuck <laughs> names out like that. Like oh, this one and but this one. But there's so and... much I don't know. Of I, I I I will not say I'm a good mechanic. 
until I die because there's so much more to learn yep. and so much, like, I can learn something off a random down yep. the street. Like, it's, yeah. And, and going to, old, like, old bike shows, like, old school bike shows where it's, like, ten bikes turn up and it's, like, an old school show yep. and shine is awesome to sit there and talk to the old boys yeah, and just, like, They'll rattle off numbers and stuff like that, but when you really get them to like the mechanical side of things, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's an in- interesting thing. And one one of the um, family friends that we've got from from Ballina, um, really good mechanic, like seven, in seventies now, and it's one of the ones where like you know CNC mill everything, mm. do your own everything. And I know his ambition for life. One of the things was to build a radial plane motor, mm-hmm. every part. You know, like wow, like. How do you even think about doing it? But it's just something that I, I guess if you've got that skill and the possibilities of doing it, you, you can mm. do it. Do, do you see, and like my other friends and mechanics and stuff, do you see um, it changing over the time, even since you started? How's that going? Oh, over the time, uh, since I started, not really. No? Um, not really. I haven't been in it long enough. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely see it changing. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard knowing like the knowledge, it's like some of the knowledge that the old boys have. Yeah, um, and seeing what little is being passed on, and ha- and how little is being passed on, like even from like TAFE trainers towards apprentices. Right. Um, and senior mechanics, like. Yeah, th- there's so much knowledge there that's getting lost in people passing away and yeah. not sharing it exactly. Like the it takes a certain someone to actually give that knowledge and talk about it. Yeah. Now do you think that's because it's like protected knowledge or do you think it's like um But it shouldn't be. No. It, it shouldn't be. be protected. That sort of stuff should be passed on. Yeah. And um I think just asking the right questions like say if you're an apprentice, asking the right questions. Yeah. Like um there is no dumb question, but uh, the <laughs> Like but there's some if you ask question, it five yeah, times. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a bit annoying when you do that. Yeah. But asking, okay, so how's that work? And getting that, and then they'll go, oh, and like this model does this this way, and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Now it's it's such such an interesting field, and I just don't know where where it uh, where it goes now. With obviously, you know, have you ridden a live wire in your time? Um, no, I think only one I've ridden is a um, Suron and an Alta. Okay. Yeah. How was it? I haven't ridden an electric bike, so um, it's going to be interesting to see where the mechanical field goes. Yeah, where the mechanical – there's still a lot going on with them. For like sure. There's still, there's still service work and still, bearing replacements yep. and all that sort of stuff. Um, and a big thing that's going to come in with them is cooling, is yeah. to create good power with an electric motor, it's got to keep cool. So yes. there's going to be a lot of – I think there's going to be a lot of innovation in that, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, honestly, we don't have an option <laughs> – no, <laughs> the, way the way the world's going and the climate. Yeah, I don't. We don't really have an option in it. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to be interesting. How was riding mm. an Alta? Um, I only rode it like around the corner. Yeah, yeah, like in the car park. Yeah, yeah. I also rode one of those um, dual drive like dirt bikes. Um, oh, like they, they. Yeah. yeah, I think they're made in. Used to be made. I'm not sure if they still make them, but made down in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and that was cool to work on. Like the, all the. So they feed a portion of power to the front wheel. Yeah, so chain drive off the rear, obviously. Yep. Um, a PTO uh, style or something for the front. Yeah, so there's a secondary gear off the um, 
output shaft, yep. so the front sprocket, going up um, into a gearbox, well, not a gearbox, but like a chain drive yep. up the frame. Um, and then it goes into like a worm drive and it actually runs up and then down the fork to a like a helicular cut gear on the bottom and a drive to the wheel, front wheel. Wow. Yeah, you can turn it on and off. Like there's a clutch, well, not a clutch, but a disengagement in it. Yep. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, I remember they made a, a WR450. Yeah, they did a couple models. A couple yeah. models for it and stuff. And um, I think it was good, but it just never sort of, uh, never, not took off, but it just didn't seem to go anywhere. Mm. But um, I can imagine things like sand and that. Yeah. It'd be pretty handy, like thick sand. And like what you rode on the first day. Yep. That would be pretty yep. cool up there. Apart <laughs> yeah, from helpful. roosting yourself in the <laughs> helmet all the time and stuff. But um, yeah, mate, obviously we're in a work day here. Mm. Um, so I better let you get back to... Your, oh, no, keep me here. It's your good. your no. last sort of semi, oh, no, semi last day. What are, what um, mechanically? What do you got to work on yourself? Like skill set. Oh, I'll work on myself. Yeah. Um, There's been a very mechanical podcast, but that's what yeah. I wanted to talk to you about. I was nerd yep. out about that a little bit and uh, design and people of influence. Um, but yeah, what do you got to work on to make it better for yourself? I think just years of years of doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, just the knowledge, just the knowledge. Um, like, yeah, the more you, the more you do, the more you understand. Right. Um, I, I'd, I'd take from it all. So yeah. Now, go back to the start. You're saying about bullying at school. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you address that in the work? Like going to work now. Is this something that you've taken into conscious about being good to other people in the workplace? Is that something like a life lesson, or how that go? Um. Yep. Um, treating anyone the way you want to be treated yeah. is huge. Um, but yeah, just dealing with it. So, like, I've motorcycles has really helped me stay alive. To be honest, right. um, it's really helped me manage like my younger years. Um, in, in like the way that we were talking about earlier, you can switch off and and yeah, it's helped me a lot with like my anxiety and mental health. Um, and I think. Yeah, just on the day to day, day to day stuff. It's doing more. Like the more you go on, the more resilient you become. Yeah. So probably get to a point where it's, I don't know, like hard and steel. Mm. You know, like mm. uh, yeah, exactly. Probably not a good terminology or whatever, but you get to a point where it's like uh, very impact. Things are impactful more. The softer or the start of the thing, longer time, it just hardens. Like yeah. The callus. Yeah. Yeah, like mental health is hard at the best of times, and uh, yep. yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely never going to be understood completely. That's for sure. Nah. Yeah. Now to get to wider the mark, you mentioned Tide before. Tide mm-hmm. obviously works here. Yep. Um, Harley Tech himself and mechanic. He took you there, didn't he? Yeah, he drove me down. Yeah. Just out of the was yeah, this. Pl- Tide's the best fella I've ever like. Yeah. Best guy <laughs> I've ever known. Like I've known him since high school. Yeah. And just funnily bunt. Bumped into him like I moved into his apartment up on the Gold Coast when he was moving out. Yeah, no idea. It's just completely coincidental. Um, same thing. I like bumped into him at Harley, um, and then he was working in Northern Beaches when I was like. So we're both in Brookvale. Yep. Um, we had a good group of guys. That was the best thing about Brookie is because there was apprentices at every single shop. Yep. And so you'd all come together at like a Wednesday or a Thursday and go to the um, pub and play pool, and. Um, yeah, Tide, Tide's been one of my closest mates for years. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and very, very, very knowledgeable Harley guy. If I ever get stuck, I call him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Even it's, even with some of my dirt bike stuff and that, he's he's helped me out immensely. Like just just knowledge, you know. Mm. Now is he hitting all the beaches for Fraser's? Um, yes, he at that was. time. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, working under um, Paul Beebe is one of the greatest Harley technicians in Australia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. One of those areas where there's so many bike shops and that, you, you end up breeding like a really good oh, troop yeah. of mechanics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And the knowledge. Like, um, so if Trev didn't know something, he'd call like um, uh, Sean down the road. Yep. Um, APW or like, yeah, it was all, such a knowledge. Like, so to the point that next door, this is, so back to Brookie. Yeah. Next door you had um, from me a door down, um, you had um, Matt Bromley. Right. Um, who had built um, bikes for Mad Max Furiosa. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Pacific Rim as well um, mm-hmm. did bikes for them. So full custom bike builder, like, no tomorrow. Um, and then upstairs from him, there was a guy called um, Tinworks, so um, Anthony Keeling. He built frames in the US. So he owned his own um, frame manufacturing company, like Chopper Frame, um, and, like, oil tanks and all sorts of stuff. He still personally builds bikes, or personally builds frames for, um, who's the guy from Orange County Shoppers? Paul Senior. Paul, yeah, he still Paul build, he, yeah, 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 Tuttle. Um, he, but, he, but he still builds frames for him. Like he built one for him last week. And he, he, he used to build frames for um, Jesse Rook, so Rook Customs, um, like everyone, any, anyone you can think of in that industry over there, in that, like back a little bit further back. Yep. Um, and then with him, he had um, a guy named um, Jono. Uh, Jono owns Kanzi Giant now. Um, he used to build, like, world rally car uh, roll cages and all sorts of stuff all around the world. And yep. Insane fabricator. Um, he builds some really, like, awesome stuff now. Um, does a lot of chopper work down in Sydney, uh, in Brookie still. And, like, that, like that's just... That was next door. Yeah. Uh, like, it's... Yeah, it's so cool. And And... Like, you got to get out and talk to guys like that. You can't just close yourself off, go home at the end of the day. Like, I, I don't understand that about workshops and, and some mechanics. Yep. It's, it's just, like, yeah, exactly focused on, okay, I get through the day and go home. Mm. Like, you can enjoy it by seeing what else is around there. And that's what I meant by, like, observing and, like, taking stuff in when I said, like, earlier. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, there's so many paths with this industry. It's so cool. Like you said too about you know going to play pool with the mechanics from other dealerships and stuff there, you know, is with the apprentices and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's another part to yeah. it. Like every apprentice is learning something different, and you know, I, I see, I get to go to heaps of different business, motorcycle businesses and stuff, and that's one thing I, I sort of see changing since like growing up next to a bike shop. Like I said to, uh, I say it to might have been Josh on the last one that we did was, you know, everyone hung around Friday nights mm. and spoke about mechanical stuff. Yeah. And as an apprentice, that's usually when you've got more time to – you're not going home usually, mm. not always, mm. to family or this and that. But I just don't sort of see it too many times these days where you're going and even just forming bonds bonds with other people within the shops and stuff. It sort of just doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not anymore, but it just doesn't seem to happen in all business. Yeah. Know? And um, I guess from a like perspective nowadays, drinking – like out the back isn't really that can't happen yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and um well, it's very hard to happen yeah you know? it's yeah it, it's frowned upon it is it's frowned upon yep. and um 
yeah, I think it should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having well, a beer after work on a Friday yeah. and sitting there and talking with your boss and like you can go back through and say, okay, what do you think I did well this week? Or yeah. like he'll, he'll bring up a job that like you went over time on this yep. and he'll say you should have just done this. Like stuff that he doesn't get the chance to say then and there yeah. when you're doing a job because he's got phone calls, quotes. For sure. Like a Everyone's one. busy. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. And it's the same deal with the sad days. Like, uh, yeah, it just it's just changed in that – not changed in that way, but I just think that's probably one of the biggest lessons that like I can take away from talking to you and even just pass on would be just – Man, that's sad day after work. Just catch up with those people that you see through the week, and it's just a different. It's a different thing when you actually get to break it down. When it's not as tense, where it's like mm. he's not hassling me about my job. He's yep. actually telling me something that's going to help me about my job. I think anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And you get to understand understand the people that you're working with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like not everyone has the same personality. Shit, so, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that, that, that's very yeah, very very hard to hard to do that. Yeah. Where can people find you online? And tell us um, about your business a little bit too. Yeah, so Pritchett and Sons Moto. Yep. Um, no, I don't have any sons. So I do plan on having them one day. Yep. Everybody gets me on the name mate. on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Pritchett and Sons Moto, you can find me on Instagram just under that or yep. Facebook. Um, yeah, I mostly work on, I like pre 90 stuff. Um, yeah, more different the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Mostly the stuff I do is fabrication, um, service work and yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah. So for people that are obviously listening, you can do pretty much it's everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. And if yeah. you're down that northern New South Wales part of the world as well, like um, you know, I know a lot of people from listen from, from there on, on this. So yeah, make sure you hit him up. Yeah, um, yeah, call in. Come say good day. Come have a beer out. with me. Yeah, come have a beer. <laughs> chat, it's always good. Chat bikes. <laughs> chat bikes. Yeah, you can do that for ages. Beautiful part of the world, obviously, as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny in the last, like, when when you you know host one of these, you have um, online, you have like Podbean is who it's um, hosted through, and then YouTube and that. I've got like like heaps of listeners from mm. New Mexico. Yeah, right. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> must be just one of the topics. I'm not sure why, yeah. but heaps of people tune in from like New Mexico. Another one I think might have been Alberta in Canada. Like, just weird places, you know. You yeah. like because you get like a basic graphic. You don't get their address and their name or anything. But, mm. um, you know, someone's probably got that. But um, yeah. So anyone's listening over there, come to Australia and build a bike. Yeah, no, sounds good. What, what with you? Yeah. What do you see any trend? Like, like. Um, Trends with conversations with the because you, yep. it's not that broad of an audience, like broad of an audience that you're like mm. talking to. Yep. Um, do you see like trends in the way that people hold themselves and talk when they're like in the same industry or? Um, I think it's protected at the start. So without going, um, giving it away or anything, but like Tom, Tom Gilroy. Yeah. When I first spoke to Tom, right? Um, Tom didn't have a clue who I was or no, nothing and I'm no one either. Um, but um, it, the industry doesn't have knowledge about each other's knowledge, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm not a mechanic. Uh, I got third year like in diesel mechanic, right? I'm not a mechanic but I've got a fair knowledge of bikes and stuff like that and 
like like you, I'm addicted to the damn things. Mm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's 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 real bad. Yep. And um, <laughs> like yeah, like it's it's terrible. And I I love them. And I I love machinery. Like I love tractors. I love planes. Um, don't like flying in them, but I like planes. Um, but yeah, like to like when I first spoke to Tommy, he's like talking about bikes, and he's he's sort of like thinking probably blank. I think, um, like, does this guy know what I'm talking about? But once you build a relationship with someone, mm. then it's like, oh, wow, we can we can go real deep on yep. talking about this bike. We can talk about Castrol six hours, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, I think that's probably a trend, like I think in conversations. Um, just I think trying to build relationships with different parts of the communities is very hard. Um, but once you sort of do have one or two, it makes it easier to communicate. Where does your knowledge like? So this is just personal yeah. for me because yep. I listen to all your podcasts. That's good. Yeah. Um, you you cut you fire off at people with their racing history yeah. and the tracks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. For me, that's like a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, and hearing your knowledge mm. of like all that and the guys that were racing at the same era and yep. time and all. Where the hell does that come from? Is it you like it's like a dictionary? Yeah. For I, me, I'm hearing it. All. It's it's real bad. I, same deal as the addiction of having the bikes. Um. For some reason, I remember all of it. Yeah. Like, if it, like, close to all of it. Um, you know, it, let's go to a motorcycle trivia night. For some reason, it's there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know why. And that, that sounds incredibly cocky, but there's uh, about 70 something episodes out now. You know, about two hours. There's 100 and what's that, two hours an episode. Cut nearly a couple hundred hours mm. of talking about it. Mm. You can know it's not fake. Like there's no notes in here. Um, it's just something that sticks there. And I, I don't know why, but I remember like from a kid, like just reading and like my dad just loved bikes, like loved automobiles as well. Like I'd read from Truck and Life to Revs yep. to Australian Motorcycle News to pretty much ev everything that he got. And we've still got like every magazine. And we're thinking about going to Swap Meet actually and getting rid of them because they – they weigh you down when you move, yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like they really do. But but they're such such good knowledge. Like um, mm. you know, we've got we've got classic car and classic bike books from like nineteen. I think the earliest is about sixty nine. You know, yep. right through to pretty much now. Um, sort of dropped off the digital years a little bit, but still, motorcycle news is one that comes into the the thing. So I think it's reading it, watching it, um, being associated with it. I'm not the best writer ever. Never will be, but. Just being around it forever, I just picked it up and, you know, uh, I'd like to be smarter at music. i got no musical talent. Love music as much as bikes but mm. um, it's bikes and far out it's just stuck, eh? And it's just – it's a passion and it's – yeah, it ain't leaving anytime soon like, <laughs> and I don't want it to leave and, yep. and, you know, and it's admiration. I admire riders. I admire builders. Like for me, um, I'm a big fan of the Roland Sands uh, – especially the early things, like the things like the KR Kenny Roberts builds mm. and that he first did. Mm. I was like a huge fan because I am a racer at heart. I'm not much of a cruiser person per se, but um, he, he built that sort of real fine line of building a, you know, like a tracker. Like mm. he was building some pretty cool trackers in the early phase and, um, did you see the Desmo Sedici one that he did? Yeah, oh, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my. That, that's if up I there. could have a big blown up poster, that'd be one of them. Same here. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of build that I really loved. And there was that, and then there's the KRV, who was one of the Kenny Roberts GP bikes, um, things like that. Like, I don't know. I admire 
I admire races because there's a dedication to it, but I admire the builders that actually have got the skills because it's just like we said, it's it's a matter of just doing laps and it's hours and yeah. Um, through admiration, you get addicted and yeah. Mm. If you want to, if you if you want to talk to someone respectfully too, you want to be able to have a knowledge of it and yeah, like you talking in front of people up at the up at Skinnies, man. I never thought I'd be doing talking about this stuff but <laughs> at some point when you look back at it you go okay maybe there was you know sitting there at school reading street machine or motorcycle mm. news and stuff maybe there was a reason why and i can talk about bikes every day of the week um in and out you know so yep. yeah yeah i think that's it's just addiction sadly yeah i just thought of um your question earlier about where you see like the industry going yeah um and what i've noticed and stuff i think um and and what triggered it was your mention of the magazines yeah i I don't read i'm shocking at reading yeah um i like photos yeah yeah (laughs) um but that's definitely a thing with my generation as well is um the accessibility just to use your phone and look at stuff and move along to the next thing so having a magazine and flicking through and the tech talk in there and yeah um Definitely the understanding of like like how a bike is. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely going by the wayside. And I don't know, like it's not probably not just from magazines and stuff, but um, the consumerism side mm. of things is pushing people away from actually working on bikes themselves. And um, dealers in particular are making it harder for people to work on their own bikes. Yeah. Um, Harleys are accessible because they're tractors. They're easy to work on. It's still um, still got the same pattern, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, yep. exactly. Like I'm, I'm also talking about like Ducatis. Like, yep. Yeah, I, I still get nervous. I still got to look at a manual before I touch one of those. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I think like like you're saying there too. I think um, tangible items. Mm. You know, aluminium. It's te- te- uh, texture. You know, yep. textile textile item. Um, magazines like that. I think digitally. Like when I read something digitally, I'm not taking it all in. No. You know, no. I, I went to uh, film school. A lot of that was still digital textbook. Yeah. And I'm like, how much – I paid a lot of money for this. How much do I really probably take in? Mm. I've, I've learned more outside of it and I'm a harsh critic to it Out now I've done it, to, to be honest, and it's good mm. and it got me some opportunities that I may not have if I didn't. But um, but having the magazine to go back to, they're like textbooks. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. And I, I, I get so much from still reading a magazine more than I would – a bike review on YouTube and we're like, same as you, like we're in the YouTube era. Mm. Um, it's even to the thing of like replacing fork seals. There's like 2 million videos online <laughs> on YouTube, but I can go back to like Australian Dirt Bike from 1995 and have the, you know, because well, I look at a lot of the brands. They haven't really changed fork seal nah, technology. Nah. It's still pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Um, I still can't do them, but I can go back to that. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, I, I get so much more out of reading out of paper than what I do out of out of online. And maybe it's a generational thing, but I still think it's about having the texture of, of being able to read it. You, you take more in. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, even you go to a workshop, there's no no magazines in the workshop toilet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a lot of time wasted there's, in there. There's also no nudie posters <laughs> nah, up on the walls but, as well. But it's all changed. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably the big thing. And, you know, like I... Yeah, I don't know. Photographic memory for that stuff's a pretty handy tool sometimes, but uh, tell you what, you get overloaded in it too. Yeah, you'd be the same. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to pick and choose. Yeah. You, you got to pick and choose what you take, like, um, especially like like 
as an apprentice and working with mechanics, yep. there's some mechanics that I like really admire and respect and I try and take on as much as what they can give me. Yep. Um, there's other guys that I've got skills and different ways of doing something and you use that. There's a lot of stuff that they'll go, oh, you got to do it this way. And you have to be the personal, like you have to make it personal, your own choice, yep. if you're going to take that and use that or not. Mm. Yeah. That's a hard one. Mm. Because like, and this is the thing, like you get a textbook, you go you go to the service manual of say Harley, we'll go to. Um, it is the best practical way to do it. Oh, yeah. No. Um, no, no, but from there, from the oh, side from of, there. Yeah, from, yeah. from that. Yeah. But if you're doing it every day. Mm. Oh, there's so many shortcuts and techniques. Yeah. And, and That's pretty yeah. hard, especially as an apprentice when you're told. Yeah, you exactly. You're like, well, not told, yeah. but this is the thing, that, this is your Bible. Yeah. Um, you know, hope no apprentices listen to this, but yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean? Like yeah, once, exactly. once you're doing something every day, you find patterns and routines that you can make work for yourself. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. And like... I, <clears throat> Like with a race bike and stuff like that, um, this is all assumption. I haven't worked with a team before, but that's that's what, out the window. Yeah, that sets them apart completely. Yep. In the way that they like the procedure comes back to procedure again for sure. And how they go about doing something. Yep. Um, yeah, for like majority, like say in a dealer, it's got to be exactly the way that the book tells it, and, and it does. Um, it comes down to a safety side of things as well. For sure. Yeah. Because the, the, the biggest thing um, is that person, whether it be you when you're finished servicing or doing a top end on a bike, rides out of here and has the safest possible journey mm. that they can have. Um, that's where it has. And same with racing. But the racing thing, there's a methodical way, but it's different to the textbook. Yeah, exactly. Still I'm talking about like cheating a fuel line or something like that. Yeah. Like say if you need to pull something off, you can just pull the fuel line back a little bit instead of having to take out the fuel pump. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, oh, I, I totally, I totally get it, and yeah, they're hard tip, hard tips to teach to people though. When it's there's, yeah, exactly, and there's some things in that like, that can't be taught as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. you just got to do it yourself. It's feel. Yeah, exactly. it's really feel. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you, would you like to do more painting? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's too tedious now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hate. I hate painting. I hate upholstery. Um. Hate relining tanks. Yeah, okay. Can't stand relining tanks. Yep. Yeah, they're just the funny things that I. What do you? Despise. What do you enjoy? What What's the favourite part of being hands on? Um, is it the Is it the metal work? And electrical as well. Electrical. I love electrical. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Like, um, that's rare. Yeah, well, motorcycles. A lot of it is electrical as well. Yep. Um, especially old bikes. Mm. Like half the time is electrical. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a gremlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and like working on old Europeans, not not European stuff, but old pommy stuff. Yeah, and you got Lucas Electrics. So, yeah, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's an absolute nightmare. Torture. Yeah, exactly. Someone, yeah, a guy named Lucas just wanted to. <laughs> is that where it came from? Demoralize other people. <laughs> he was a, he was a Lucas. Like, is that? Oh, I'm not sure. Has to be. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that's uh. It's been their plague, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Prince of Smoke. Yeah. Prince of Smoke. Prince of Smoke. That or oil leaks. Yeah. But um, that got better. Yeah, and you can, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can rectify that too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like oil leaks on old pommy bikes, if you lap something. Yep. Um, so like flat surface, get a case and you lap it, it yep. normally will seal up pretty good. Yep. Yeah. And the only thing with like 
old pommy bikes that really you struggle with nowadays is metal allergy. Mm. Oh, I can't even say it. It's a terrible word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so heads on like old 60s and 50s bikes and all that sort of stuff get soft over time because right. of the heat cycles and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. So what happens? Okay, so we go back to those old bikes. What happens to them when they get to the end of their metal cycle? Because they, they potentially will, especially the ones that are used. Yeah. Do you have to, re- do you have to get a new head, for instance? Oh, it depends. Okay. Depends. Um, yeah, if you wanted to, say if it was an aluminium head, you could preheat it and actually re-weld it yep. and then deck it back to the original height. Wow. Um, so it's not shrinking completely. Um, so, it's, so you've got the right amount of squish and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, it depends on the situation. Yeah. Some things you can fix. Some things you just go, no way, that's too much. We could just put like really thick thick gaskets yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, look, but it, it, it also comes down to the customer as yeah. well in this sort of stuff. As I own personal bike, you could throw 50 hours at something and not care. Yep. Like I do. I, instead of buying another part, I'll just fix it. I'm going to ask you this. What's the most crazy hours you put onto something that like you just look at and you go, man, I've put, I've put a week into this widget. Yeah. Like what is something? Oh. Is there something? An exhaust? Have you made an exhaust? Yeah, I made an exhaust. Exhaust. They take some time. Nah, they're all right now. Are they? Yeah. Originally? Yeah, originally. Yeah. Yeah. When you're learning. Yeah. My first ever fuel tank out of alley um, that I'm shaped up, I probably threw three or four weeks into that. And, and that's every single night doing five, six hours, and then a weekend as well. Wow. So that's a lot. Of, that's a fair few hours in it, but I can do one now in a couple of days. So yeah, yeah. Do you, is that something like that's such a prideful job? I, I feel anyway. Like you look at a good shaped tank, mm. it's um, it's very prideful. Yeah, yeah. Metal shaping very much. So yep. like the finished product is just so rewarding. There's so much in it because like. When you're shaping metal, um, like say if you're trying to stretch something and hammer it, like um, like shrink it and stuff, it looks like a rumpled hamper. Like it's it's <laughs> like someone's come in and just dropped their undies on the floor and it's just folded up on the ground. Yep. And then you take it from that and give it a nice polish and it's no dents in it and it's perfect and straight. And it's yeah. So how, how how do you get to that point? Like what's what's a process? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is <laughs> what is the process? So you you get a sheet. Yep. Tell me about building a tank. Ooh. Oh, this is this is Keely's tech talks now. Yeah, <laughs> I, want, I want a tech talk. Give me a tech talk. Um, so, what's the go? What happens? Having the overall shape and picture of it in your head is a big biggest goal. Mm-hmm. And knowing, um, so templating it, and knowing how much that material is going to shrink and stretch is huge. Does leadage ever come into it? What? what it, sorry. Does leadage ever come into it, or is it style? Um, yeah, no, definitely. Like okay. wider the Mark bike had to be a big tank. Yep. Um, I had the best fuel economy because I built like a massive tank for it. Right. Um, and a styling of it made it tie in so it didn't look too bulbous. So yep. too huge. Um, but yeah, so shape of the tank in your head, then you need your pattern. Um, it's probably the hardest part to work out. I can spend days with cardboard. Yep. Um, <laughs> a lot of the stuff always starts with cardboard and a set of scissors. And cardboard the best shaping tool? It's good. It's yep. good for um, like most templating. Like yeah, yeah. Right. In, in a lot of like, because I, I don't do much stuff on the computer. Yep. I don't 3D scan and then put in like what I want out of it. So I don't draw it up in CAD. Yep. And CAD you could do that quite easily, but 
I'm just not that way inclined and sitting behind a computer. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, shape it with the cardboard. Shape it with like you see a template. You do it out of cardboard or foam or something like that, and you figure out how much you need to shrink the metal and move move the metal. Um, And then yeah, have you? You can't do it all out of one piece of metal, obviously. Yep. Depending on the shape, if you're making a square, you can do it out of four bits. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so yeah, shape. Um, and then once you're happy with your, your joints and you're, like, you're pretty happy with it, tack it up, weld it up, yep. sand it, finish it. So, yeah. Wow. That, yeah, nutshell, very, very short in form. But, yeah, it's a very hands... Like, that would be, like, your, what we talked about earlier with the magazine. You have to see it with your own eyes. Yeah. You have to feel it. And you have to know, like, be there for that what's going on. And that's why, I like, when it, with a tech talk at Skinny's or something with an exhaust build, I can show... Um, like, okay, this isn't going to work because it's going to do this. Yep. And like it's the same thing with metal. If I hit if I hit a flat bit of metal with a hammer and put a ding in it, it's going to do this. Like, yeah. yeah. And this is where, like you're saying, like an artist in a, in a way, but this is where an artist turns to practicality mm. because like an artist would just be like, uh, like we, we, it's, we just make that happen, you know, that, that happen. Yeah. But then mechanically, you need to have it practical too. Mm. This is where that, that crossover comes, hey, where yeah, you, you're doing a piece of art, but you need it to be practical to be able to hit it, yeah. make it shape, whatever. Yeah, It's crossover. Mm. Love it. Cool. Absolutely love it, mate. Well, yeah, check them out online. Obviously, Pritchett and Sons. Um, thanks for obviously coming upstairs. Yep. <laughs> big wonder main. <laughs> but uh, we, we've spoken online for, for a couple of years too and um, – I appreciate your work and, you know, that's the, I, I feel that's probably the biggest compliment that someone can – like you just work, mate. It's just appreciate it so much. And Thank you. As a person since, since getting to know you a, a wee bit here at Harley and stuff, um, yeah, it's just been cool to get to know you. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully you can come and have some beers and maybe a dirt bike ride in your area hey, or something sometime. Yeah, we're talking. Um, they'd, be, <laughs> they'd be mint, mate. But uh, thanks for coming in. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Cool, mate. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already, and uh, we'll be back with another show soon.